This guy Zaz welcomes you to an episode of Voices of Reality, an interview podcast where we talk about mental health, education systems, feminism and many other topics. Hello everyone. Today we have with us Arman Verma. Arman Verma is an undergraduate student of English literature at the University of Edinburgh. He has written for several magazines and other publications throughout his time in high school at the Doon School and at his university. but has also contributed to literary magazines and newspapers like the skinny and alma magazine as of this recording he currently works for news laundry an online news website as a research intern he says he could write pretty much anything given enough coffee and ink thank you for coming to talk to me arman it's a pleasure having you here no problem no problem mayank and thank you for having having me so um i've known you for quite some time now but uh, obviously before i knew you in high school as a senior um yeah obviously you had a whole time before that and as i understand from our people that you've talked to and i know that you grew up in many different countries before you came to um high school so could you sort of briefly describe the various environments you lived in up to the age of 18 so the different countries and yeah right yeah so um firstly i'm flattered that you know so much about me my but uh, <laughs> i think i think my experiences were slightly unique in that so there, there there were actually a lot of people who i met in you know obviously in high school who had moved around a lot like me you know so so there there were a couple of guys who moved around five six countries so just just for clarity i've lived in seven countries in total in my life right but even that as i'll explain is a complicated way to put it because the thing the thing that's basically so different about what i went through is that I lived in multiple countries. So I lived in India, Malaysia, and then Singapore. And I went to school in these places. And I lived there, like you know, with my with my parents. And then after Singapore, my my family moved to Australia. But just before we moved to Australia, or slightly after we moved to Australia, actually, my parents put me in in boarding school. So you know, our high school. And the thing is, partially the 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 reason for doing that was, um. so that it becomes easier to move around because my 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 dad liked taking uh you know assignments in different places my mom also loved traveling so like just moving around was a big i mean it was it was a big factor uh it was a big part of my parents lifestyle but obviously it could it could really impede someone's education so this boarding school business was quite a sensible decision you know so the thing is after australia so i moved to my, i mean my parents moved to south africa and then to the uae and they're currently in the uae but and i stayed in school so it was it's very strange to say that i lived in australia and south africa because i was there for about 4 months a year right and even when i was there like it was it's not like i went to school there so it was basically a few friends i made through my parents or you know just randomly you know through in the neighborhood and stuff so that's what's kind of unique about you know the way i grew up in these countries because it's a very it was a very like theoretical understanding of um australia south africa and the uae particularly because i was in school at that time and and it's it's like i was living in india and south africa at the same time or in india and the uae at the same time and i was experiencing a lot more about a lot more of india right than any of these countries so i'd say that's what kind of makes it um It kind of makes it different for me but i i mean obviously even then even even bearing that in mind it was quite 
a shock to adjust to each and every one of these places individually. So I remember, I remember after Singapore, I had spent I spent the longest time in Singapore. I spent six years there, and it was wait. So um, yeah. So before before to interject, but like before going to high school, like how many years did you stay? In like did did you stay in India for a few years before moving to Singapore and Malaysia? Yeah, okay, let me clarify. Or did... yeah, so so I. I end up doing a lot of math for everyone trying to explain how many years I spent in all these different places because everyone gets confused. I, I know I can relate. So, I mean, I I lived in India. I'd say till I was about five or six. I spent a year. I spent two years in Malaysia. I spent the next five years, five to six years in Singapore, roughly. You know, and then when I was when I was around twelve, I joined. I joined high school. I went to boarding school. um not high school so yeah i went to boarding school and then after that you know there was a year in australia or two years in south africa and then about four or five years in the uae right. right so i mean i had a very basic kind of experience of india as a kid you know living with my like an extended family in bombay and then you know very vague notion of malaysia i was i remember drinking sugarcane juice and you know trekking around you know the malaysian jungle sometimes but that's it and singapore i have i have the most memories from singapore because you know like it was primary school and i had loads of friends there i spent the longest time there right so but obviously even after singapore so i mean it was strange because i was like on the path you know so that so most most indian expats or like nris that i meet are you know they they are either british indian or they're american indian or they're singaporean indian or something like that and i was just like i was halfway to being like singaporean indian until you know we moved to australia and there was no chance of me being any sort of kind of you know nri after that in that in the sense like nri tied to a specific place because my parents they moved around so much it's it, it, it just became hard to associate with a with a particular place outside of india right and it was very easy for me to then, then just identify with just you know being indian and and uh, until i left singapore this was a very vague concept for me that you know identifying as indian was like you know it didn't kind of show up on my radar at all and you know once i started started going to school in india it became a lot easier to kind of empathize with indians or like identify as an indian and eventually very ironically just kind of summarize my answer to your question i ended up being more indian the more i moved around or that's how i felt at least that's how i felt like i i viewed myself because the more i moved around the less associated i became with any place and i just kind of retreated to this you know very comfortable boarding school where you where you just walk around the same you know it was a 70 acre campus so you walk around the same 70 acres pretty much every day and that was india for me and uh, it was nice it was kind of you know nice to be a part of that so it's ironic because you know i i would spend four months of the year in a completely different place from the year before and i it after a point it stopped mattering to me it was just like it was it was like i was visiting somewhere because i was it was it was it was like i was indian and i was just you know in on a temporary trip abroad or something like that yeah so like so, yeah, being being indian was like the one commonality because singaporean indian australian indian or whatever it was at the end of the day you were still indian and yeah and and yeah you know i've only become cognizant of this and this sounds so like vague and ac- academic and abstract and like you know sociological or whatever but it it's something i've become a lot more aware about in the last two or three years because you know then then you start dealing with questions of okay like now you know school is over 
and everything. So like, what am I? Who am I? You know, and you start thinking about all the experiences that shaped you. And I feel like a lot of people they choose. You know, some some people don't choose their experiences. Some some people they've been in the same town their whole life. You know, you can't choose an experience in that sense. But I felt like I I could choose. You know, and I chose the ones that that happened to me in school in India over pretty much anywhere else. I think I think that's a pretty important point you're making there because um, I know like uh, several people they grow up in different countries while they're as toddlers like till the age of five maybe six maybe sometimes even like say eight or nine years old, but then it's usually the time in middle school and high school which molds them the most and like uh, sort of affects them the most and that the idea of like picking your experiences choosing which moments define you I think that's quite interesting, so. Uh, when you're talking about these moments which defined you and these experiences when you came to india um were there like certain types of behavior or something which you found very fascinating because obviously until you came to india you were living abroad most of the time and you were studying abroad and at at that point in 7th grade you may not have identified as an indian uh, as much as an indian as you do now so what sort of a culture shock um did you have do you remember that culture shock by any chance yeah um so the thing is the, a better way to put it would be that these questions simply didn't enter my head or enter one's head you know in in year 7 or year 8 uh, you know at that age like you don't you don't think of who you are and things like that you're thinking of like what's the next video game i'm going to play or some some you know stupid matter like that but the point is that I if I did go through culture shock, I was definitely not aware of it at the time. So, for example, you know, now living living here in in Scotland, where I go to university, the culture shock is that much more real because you know you think about it every day. You think about the the interactions you have with people, the slang that you don't understand, the accent, you know, differences between people. So, like your 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 experience is different because you're thinking about it every day. But at that age, I feel like I wasn't thinking about it at all. You know. it was just i was just surrounded by different people like people i wasn't used to hanging out a kind of person i wasn't hanging out used to hanging out with in singapore for example you know in singapore like it's such a it's a safe and protective environment for kids and so like the, it obviously molds a different kind of kid you know like the, even this the, the 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 people i met in school in singapore they they follow the rules they were good you know they were nice people and they, they, they it was like life seemed very structured in singapore and coming to india that's totally not the case not even in a regimented boarding school you know with like victorian era practices like it's it, it despite the attempt at some kind of you know order and structure there was there's absolutely no structure in india and that's not that's not a surprise and it was cool i'll 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 say this frankly as someone who had always been some somewhat protected you know i'd mostly i'd spent most of my time with family obviously as a kid you know like i was before being before i was 12 who else do you spend time with so coming out of that and into this into this dormitory life with 10 other guys who you know are just absolutely you know crazy but it, it was just it was something like surreal i i had no idea how to process it and it, it was like you know i actually coming out of school um, we were my 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 best friend and i were talking about how it's very similar to you know kind of like being in the army it's like a milder version of being in the army right and 
it's because it's because uh despite the attempt at structure there's absolutely no law like you know there is there is it's like survival of the fittest you know to an extent and a lot of that was the boarding school itself but a lot of that was is india you know it's it's that's how it is that you you got to fight your way to the top because there's just so much competition that's like it's like the governing law of all our all our um, you know entrance examinations or all our like you know any any way we divide resources that's how it goes like you know it's survival of the fittest and and this this concept was very alien to me and it took me a while to get used to it but once i got used to it i enjoyed it thoroughly i it was totally like it totally fit my vibe you know so i i'd say that i i'd say that there was certainly a culture shock and obviously you know like you you're this you're this kind of whitewashed nri kid who comes and you know there's these like punjabi speaking you know north indian kids who like have just had have just had so much more experience than you and just like you know just know so much more than you about their own environments about your own environment so obviously it's damn intimidating sometimes you know it 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 was intimidating sometimes you know so and 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 i think i think that was probably the main the main culture shock it just it just trying to fit in you know like it was um, it was me trying to understand what a lot of my friends were saying because i just did not know what they're talking about a lot of times and it took me a year or two to get that but i mean i i feel like it's easier to do that when you're a kid than now than you know when you're like 18 19 20 it's probably even harder if you're like an adult if you decide to pack up and move move to a different country at 35 40 i don't know how long it will take you to adjust because you have like you have a lifetime of experiences behind you whereas for me it was very easy to forget or not forget but to kind of leave behind about 5 6 years of you know how to act in singapore and to adopt this new way of living in india yeah i hope that answers your question sorry yeah that that actually answered it really well like you can't see but like i'm smiling right now because i also lived abroad in japan and china for like 5 5 years each and when you were talking about this whole idea of how there's just this inherent chaos in every single community every single system in india that i can just remember thinking back to like my first day in school in india in a day boarding school remembering like how loud it was um going around my first day in boarding school where well, i thought it was all order but then like after a point of time you realize that there's just there's just no governing body like no matter how much control you try to have there there's going to be some amount of disorder which is absolutely which you absolutely cannot control um yeah yeah don't you know actually like you mentioned how loud it is you know for your listeners i'll just i'll say one thing you know so you know you you probably remember in our in our dining hall um absolute mess they yeah so i mean we you know so people would walk in like we, we all like 500 boys would walk in to the dining hall and take the, you know stand at their seats and there would be 5 minutes of or like 2 3 minutes of silence and one of the prefects would come and say great and this any you know to anyone listening anywhere else this sounds like such an archaic notion you know but for to us it was totally normal and about 50 to 60 years ago it would be normal in the uk you know in any you know boarding school private school things like that and pretty much anywhere in the world about 200 years ago this is the, this was the norm right you know the, the, you you kind of you you had to have this sort of order but then the irony is after those 2 3 minutes some a prefect said grace 
and there was just absolute chaos. Then, then, then no one knew what was going on. No one knew where the food was. You once you had rice in your plate, you you dumped it, you know, all in one go because you don't know when you're gonna get it next. Like it's that I have this terrible habit of overfilling my plate just from school because you know you would never get a second helping because you have no idea when your food is gonna come to you again. So I mean that's just that's just one anecdote and. I I feel like coming back to your point about you know the sense of chaos. See, there's a sense of chaos that prevails if you if you move countries at all. You know, in the first place, if if you move anywhere, there's obviously a sense of disorientation and chaos. But it's just heightened. Just being in India, just it's crazy. And I I tell my friends here in Scotland that if you want to visit, if you want to just travel as a tourist, not even a tourist, like a backpacker or something, right? Just come to India because there's 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 just nothing stopping you from doing pretty much anything you can if you want to travel that's the place to travel because you can essentially if if you're really driven you can basically do whatever you want and not in a bad sense you know like not i don't mean to say there's no rule of law but it's just it's a very spontaneous place because people just have a different idea of what sh- what can be done you know like it, it, it's you ask in fact like the the best conversation i used to have is with auto you know auto rickshaw drivers and i used to say bhaiya can you uh, can you take me to this place and i used, i used to be like listen and i used to i used to say i need to be there in like 10 minutes or something and it, i you know google maps would show it's 40 minutes away and this guy would be like ho jayega you know like it, it can happen i'm like there's no way it can happen i don't even know why i'm asking you to do this because like you know it's pretty much impossible but somehow you take me and the point is that you know like the impossible sometimes doesn't exist as a concept you know in india and that's what i found damn fascinating because it this this sense of chaos just lets anything happen you know you could even in school even in boarding school it i it felt like you could do anything just because you were you there, there were fewer limitations i feel fewer inhib- inhibitions to like right yeah so talking about this point where you said about boarding school this is something which i actually told my parents which is and like my friends also is that there's this weird i i'm i'm surrounded by four walls i'm in a place which is so much smaller than i'm used to in delhi i can i live in delhi so i can like it's so big you can go or a lot of different places you hop in a car and you can go a lot of different places but and that school is just 70 acres but for some reason there's just this sense of inherent freedom which you get within those four walls which is greater than anything beyond those four walls it's it's kind of ironic in that sense and um that that's one of the reasons why i actually like quite enjoy boarding school and uh, yeah so it that's i i i get what you're saying exactly here i i'm a little i'm a little um, confused by the idea that when you're talking about the sponta- uh, spontaneity because i haven't personally had that experience as much as you have you might have had that maybe when you went trekking or something on your own then you might have had those experiences but unfortunately i have not been able to have have those experiences so i'm not able to relate there but uh, like you you meant you said that there is this sort of disorder uh, chaos everywhere you go and it's just and um, it's just heightened in india so is there any other sort of thing which is very similar in other countries like one thing which you know is going to be absolutely different in other countries um, that you've gone to i know this is a very vague question but like if just say the first thing which comes to your mind maybe uh you mean when uh so so you mean what what i actually... the first thing you notice when you go to a country like after say like a week 
that like say for first week you after you went to scotland what was like the first thing you noticed in contrast to india because you'd been in india for quite some time at that point so different were accentuated yeah yeah right i mean i am yeah, sure so i'll i'll answer. i'll actually i'll respond to your your um, what you were saying about the spontaneity first so i think a lot of that is to do with you know family so so personally speaking my experience of india has been devoid of family more or less right and i feel like that is also what kind of drew me towards it because um this sense of freedom was even more, even greater you know in the absence of parents you're you're literally living with your friends and you you like you said you know we went on trek sometimes or if you're exploring a city you're exploring it with your friends and maybe that's why i felt like you know it's a lot more it's just a spontaneous place because you're kind of your 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 links with like this this parental institution is is severed at least for me so but i mean that is also high irony because you know you can't it's like it's so strange to think about someone living in india and like not you know experiencing it in the context of family or something you know it's such a big institution in india it's so strange right but that's just that's personally what i experienced so maybe that's why it's different what you're saying about what i notice about um the first thing i notice about uh, a new country see the thing is i'm a i'm a big nerd right and a lot of you know like a lot of ways i view place like a new place is through its history and its architecture and its culture you know architecture less so actually mostly history culture and then maybe like architecture and and things like that so that's the main i mean the first thing you notice about first thing anybody notices about scotland is how terrible the weather is it's just absolute trash and people here know it i'm not even trying to be offensive scottish people like the first thing it's 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 actually a big cultural practice here to just talk about the weather whether whenever you're in conversation with someone you know like or oh, terrible weather today or oh, great weather today and it's 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 pretty funny because you know for us the ne- the weather never changed so i there's no point talking you you know the monsoon came between july and 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 uh, september so like why are you talking about it but here it's a big deal you know so that's the first thing in scotland particularly notice but if you're asking about any any uh, random country i'd say i always notice um i always kind of perceive it through the lens of history if i know the history of the place so i know the history of the uk fairly well i'd say so and you know especially um, yeah sorry sorry to just stop you there for a second but like say if you let's let's ignore the uk once yeah. actually because like uk and the us are very popular destinations okay. for many students but let's say like you said um while you were in high school while you were sort of like anchored to india and the boarding school you were visiting these other countries i think uae south africa and um you australia you mentioned yeah, yeah. so um those those countries like what is the first thing you noticed there because at that point obviously you were learning a lot more about india and so those differences were more accentuated during that time period yeah see so i mean um, if you talk about those sorry could you repeat the last part so no i'm just saying like if uh, instead of talking about the uk if you could maybe um, guide your answer more yeah, towards yeah. Uh, those other countries okay yeah. okay um so i'd say so again the first thing i mean i i i feel like the same answer applies though i i i had this sense of history when i was in south africa and and australia as well because you know and I, a lot of things i noticed personally were historical i i think that's what i'm trying to say that uh, so for example in johannesburg 
in Johannesburg, when you when you drive from the airport to the at least when we were driving from the airport to the city center, I just noticed that there was this large, this almost like a semi ring of um, informal settlements. You know, like the the crude way of putting it would be slums that kind of surrounded that part of Johannesburg. And then uh, about twenty minutes later, we saw like these grand villas, and it it. it I mean, I've seen inequality in India as well, but I never saw it like this. It was, this was insane. So, you know, I asked my parents, what's this about? And, you know, you, then I learned about apartheid, which is, it's so, re- it's such a recent kind of traumatic event in South African history that you, you see it everywhere. You go to Cape Town. I, I visited Cape Town um, after I moved out of South Africa about, about four years ago, I think three or four years ago. And the same thing, you know, you, you see the stark difference between the beachfront and the inner city. So what I'm trying to say is that a lot of what I experience, I, I mean, like a lot of what I notice, a lot of people would say that, you know, they, they notice um, the kind of the musicality of a place, like, you know, the musical culture, or they, they notice people's, the, the way people look, the way people talk. You know, a lot of, a, a lot of people are linguistically uh, inclined you know, they're fascinated by other people's accents and languages and things like that. But for me, like, you know, I was always very used to like looking at things from far away. So like even, you know, even in Australia, like it was just, I was observing a whole landscape and Australia was a bit difficult because it was, I knew very little about Australia. Now I, I, I also lived there for very, a very short period of time. Right. But I mean, between like Singapore, the UAE, South Africa, like I, if I noticed something about a place, there was a history behind what I noticed, you know, so in the UAE, it, it was this glamorous, you know, kind of mega city that I've, I I walked into, you know, Dubai. But then you learned that, you know, historically it wasn't like that. It, 20 years ago, it wasn't like that. It was, it was just like, you know, it, it, I read this crazy fact or something that in 2000 or 2005, somewhere between that period, 20% of the world's cranes were in Dubai. Right. And so that's crazy. Like, you know, so... I, so a lot of what I noticed, the uh, notice first about a place, I always used to like unpack it. And, you know, so if, if it looked a certain way, I would want to know what it looked like before that, if that makes any sense, you know, like a cityscape, if you look at, if you look at just, just the landscape of a city, I just, I, if I saw it in front of me, it's, it's perfect. It's, you know, like the, the best, the best point of reference for us is South Bombay, you know, the, the South Bombay cityscape. You view it and it's such an iconic, like anyone, most people from India would probably recognize it. And, but for me, I, I also wanted to know what that would have looked like a hundred years ago, you know, and I, I, for some reason that always interested me, like about any country um, that I've been to. So, so the UAE, South Africa, South Africa was, South Africa was pretty hard because it was just like it. I mean, there was so much to unpack there. It was just hundred years of, pretty violent and oppressive history. I, I, it was, it was hard to come to terms with, and it was just, there was a lot to learn. Australia was, it was, it was just, it was the same principle in Singapore as well. Singapore was a lot like Dubai, you know, like 60 years, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, it was like a fishing village, I'm told, or I've, I've, I've read. So it was, and, and you see glimpses of it, actually, that that's the thing about Singapore is you see, you see how different life is in the metropolis. And then you go, um, so like my, my math tutor, for instance, she was, you know, like Singaporean. So, I, and obviously now, now it's very hard for, 
people of other countries like Indians and you know Chinese citizens to get permanent residency or like you know citizenship in Singapore because it's such a high value destination for most uh, migrants. But you know even even when I was there ten years ago when you know the prices hadn't skyrocketed, it was it, it the, the difference between you know like the way migrants lived, the people who had migrated to Singapore, the way they lived and the locals lived, it was it was so clear. You know, like it was, there were, there were these large complexes of condominiums where, I mean, that's what I was used to because that's where we lived. Right. And, and 95% of people who live there were all expats. There was not a single Singaporean there. Actually, I'm, now that I think about it, it's like astonishing how few Singaporeans I met in Singapore, you know, they were all Indians or like, you know, people from other Asian countries, or, you know, they were, they were Americans or Europeans, a few of them. But then, then you travel 20 minutes into the city, you know, like into the middle of town. And then you, you find, again, the same large condominium complexes, but very different, totally, you know, like, and it's, it's, less, gla- it's less glamorous because I guess it's not, they're not trying to appeal to a certain demographic to come and stay in Singapore because, it, you know, it's, it's where locals stay. And I experienced that very little in Singapore because we barely went to those places and it was a very separate world, you know, even though it's Singapore is such a tiny place, you can, you can go from one end of the city to the other, I think in like 45 minutes on the tram, you know, like the, 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 it's called the MRT, but it's just, it's crazy. So my point is that the way that the locals live in, in these places that has a very historical significance because you know, that is that. Like they are, they are the original Singaporeans, right? Like the, the people, the people there, they are very different from us. Like, you know, Indians who come and stay in Singapore, even for 20, 30 years, we, they are not citizens because it's very difficult to be a citizen of Singapore now, or it even was uh, 10 years ago. So, I mean, even this difference that you notice, the first thing you notice, right? Like this, the differences in what, in, in the way people live, it ha- I, I always viewed it through a historical lens, you know, like there, there was a way people lived before and there's a way people live now. And you can see glimpses of each in, in par- different parts of the city or different parts of the country, wherever you go. And that's kind of what drew my eye usually. So, and it was also, again, rooted in culture and stuff. And I, I mentioned architecture before, and I think that's because it's a very natural, like, it's a very natural thing to notice. Yeah, it's the first thing you see, particularly if you, if you are used to an Asian landscape, right? If you are used to Chandni Chowk in Delhi, coming to London or coming coming to you know um, Melbourne, Johannesburg, coming to Dubai especially, it's crazy. It's like there is not a single similarity between these two places that you can visually see in front of you, you know. And it might be seen in people's homes. It might be seen in languages. You know, you you can most you go anywhere in Dubai, you people understand Hindi slash Urdu, you know, Hindustani. But the point is that what you see in front of you is so starkly different that you cannot help but have to process it, you know. And especially in Europe as well. Europe is even more different. Mel, you know, like Australia is this, um, it was a lot harder to kind of deal with, you know, the, the architecture of that place because it was, it was kind of, it was similar to, it, was, it wasn't harder per se, but it was just, it was very similar to Singapore. It was very similar to Malaysia in, in a certain sense. And then South Africa, but then you come to Dubai and it's just, it's just crazy. And, you know, switching between Dehradun and Dubai is, is it's two different worlds, you know? So that's one thing you always notice 
I feel. I think it's, you mentioned some very specific points which are very interesting to look see because I think even though you mentioned that you look at a lot of things from a historical lens, I think what you've highlighted in your answer is about how you notice the differences between different types of people uh, living within that same country because like like you said in Dubai everyone lives in these like high rise buildings whereas in Singapore you have yeah, yeah. different condominium uh, condominiums and the Singaporeans don't live with the migrants and then you then you mentioned how in South Africa you had um you had these like sort of slum areas and then you had again on the other side you had the again the all the people the more posh area per se i i and even you know within these places um there's a lot there's a lot of difference in 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 the sense that i don't want to say that all singaporeans live in condominiums you know that's not the case but the point is that that's simply what i saw and what i experienced so yeah. and it's just yeah you're right that there's definitely differences in the way people live between all these cities and countries that i visited but i mean i always i i feel like i always viewed them in contrast to how people in india lived which is already to generalize so much because you know some people live in bastis and some people live in south delhi you know so like how can you generalize but i mean it it's just it's yeah. it's a very it's a very like if you think of if i were to say you know think of a city in india you'd have a particular you know what i'm talking about right you have a particular image in mind this a, a, a crowded almost dusty street where like you have shops at the bottom bottom uh, floor of like you know this long line of buildings and on top of that would be small apartments and like that's pretty much the that's the average indian street you know and 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 that's i guess the generalization that may or may not be fair to make but i that's what i feel what i always compared every place to you know deep down so so uh, so i think like we had a pretty interesting conversation but one of the things which i think has shown through this entire conversation is that how like you've observed a lot of different things throughout your entire experience and i think that's something which traveling anywhere really accentuates is that you, when you're when you're looking at things in contrast to what you already know you notice these differences in such minutia with such detail that like you you're able to recite you can remember all these small small details years and years after you've left the place like of you left singapore when you were 12 yeah. 11 so like that that has been what about 9 years but you're talking about it as if it was yesterday south africa it must have been even before uh, south africa must have been around that's like again 6 6 7 years but you remember those striking things so easily so i think that's one thing which probably makes a very big difference in terms of how um an nri or like nri specific to indians obviously but like just generally someone who is i believe the correct term is like third world culture is it so, <laughs> I, don't, um, i don't i don't know if, if that if sounds like the correct term i don't know yeah okay, some, someone quoted this to me but essentially growing up in a culture other than your own is that uh, you just notice a lot of these things and it helps out in your education because I think a lot of what we study in classes and lots things that we study in high school especially is about um in English literature and history and all the social sciences about the differences between how people live and the and how history has affected that which I uh, history has affected that whole um living scenario so I think you you you've highlighted that pretty well in this entire thing and uh thank thank you well, I hope so
I mean, I think I think more more broadly speaking, you're talking about like you you're talking about education, right? You you're saying how it's sort of important in one's education to yeah. kind of notice these different things. But I I feel like I feel like traveling in general is just so necessary. Like even you don't need to migrate somewhere, but just just to travel for long periods of time uh, to a country other than your own, ideally which you don't know anything about. you know it's just so important it it really grounds you it just takes you out of your comfort zone to the level that you know like i don't i don't even claim to have a comfort zone anymore because like what is my comfort zone right because i say i'm i say that i i identify most with india but it's been in the context of this boarding school where i've where i've lived for 6 years and you know so like that's my very limited no, like experience of it although like i in theory i know vast amounts of indian history and you know about like indian film for example or literature things like that and that's all very nerdy like on paper stuff but you know and i get flack from you know indians who spent their whole lives in india all the time for this like they're like oh you're not actually indian i'm like yeah sure cool i mean you've got a fair point but then the case, then the question is what am i right and i don't really have an answer like i'm not singaporean i'm not i'm not from dubai or anything like that so i and like you know i used to for a for a brief period of time this really this really affected me because i was like what really am i but because you know you you cuz you realize eventually that i mean i realized eventually that my my experience of india was limited you know as much as i try and fit in and all i had to like almost relearn hindi when i joined uh, boarding school So like the, this, this idea kind of was pretty scary because you know you realize that you don't belong anywhere. But after a point, you just kind of do away with the need to belong anywhere. So it's it's all it's almost like like I said, the the comfort zone is gone now. You know, it's um, it's not it's not about wanting comfort anymore. Like you know, I I like I feel like people who travel enough, like you know, who who really who really travel a lot in their life, can. can can achieve this because you 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 stop trying to fit in i feel you know you go anywhere and you just you're just being you're just existing rather than finding links to um to yourself or to where you're from like i see a lot of friends who've you know in scotland who've left their countries for the first time you know it, it can be the us like you know the american friends or like people from india or people from anywhere in the world and they're just so disoriented by just coming to a new country and they keep finding these links um to their own background which is important you know you should always stay connected wherever you are right but it's just so disheartening to see people you know only find those links that's that's it's like it's this it's this crazy urge to like fit in which you know i i've never i've kind of tried to do away with you know over time yeah so i think we've had a pretty so, yeah. great session a pretty great conversation going on and i know that if i continue talking with you i think you've got yeah. enough to last for hours and hours you've held back quite a bit so uh <laughs> i mean i i'm i'm sure you can edit parts i'm not like going to edit amount right so what now. i so, said out you know uh, I, I, the, uh, we we'll see about that when we will cross that bridge when it comes to it but i feel yeah i feel like you only asked me like two questions yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> I feel that's, that's completely for, fine for completely minutes. fine because i even though we came into we were came into this conversation sort of thinking that we'll talk about culture and education and what not i think what we really struck a chord with the theme that is really throughout this entire conversation is that you've been talking a lot about identity 
and i think that's a very important part of anything related to education mental health or any sort of societal issue is what is your identity and you've expanded on that pretty well yeah so uh thank you so much for coming to talk to me alman it's been really great uh connecting with you again no problem no problem mayank and thank you for having having you once again i um i don't think i've ever been interviewed for a podcast so this is this was quite a lot of fun